And now after technical difficulties... Uh, tactical difficulties? This. Well done. Yes. Do this. Brought to you by some guys on the internet. This is getting tabled. With your hosts, Jason the Bruce. You guy! George the Yang. I hope you're all entertained by my inaptitude. Jason, a.k.a. Major Socks. We've been doing this and talking about various stuff. One of the stuff. Now sit back, relax, and get tabled. Hello, future people, and welcome, welcome to episode 89 of Getting Table with your host, the Bruce. Hello, folks. We're back again. Another episode, full screen. And with us is the main man, the only person here that really matters. It's Major Socks. <coughs> you okay there, George? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back, guys, after... Uh... It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, family trying to go out, see Artemis launch, cancel twice. We're going to go back out here in a week and a there half. Was, there was a whole flood of emails from people complaining that you wasn't here. Uh, and they were all sent from the one person, somebody called Jason that used to be a captain. Yeah, that's right. So, and then it, <laughs> above me is George. Or um, I, I will say, though, it looks like you got some gaming in. It looks like you played uh, Pretty Pretty Princess. Oh, it's... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, folks, I have a four-year-old daughter and she got that for Christmas. And so, yeah, she likes it when I play Pretty Pretty Princess with her and dress up with earrings and jewelry and stuff like that. But it, oh, well, oh, okay. you got to please the family. I'm, I'm like, I've not heard of this game. <laughs> oh, it's an, it's an old board game. Oh, okay. It's you, a very you, old you board game that they remade it. You need to sit down with her and have a talk and say, sweetie, I'm in the Air Force, I not don't do the Navy. <laughs> Anyways, I am going to sit here and say, you know what? You're a good father. Screw what George has to I say. I know. I know. I, I, I can't disagree either. I just, I had to laugh at like the, the manly Argyle, Argyle men wearing Man. plastic earrings. And... I know. I know, right? <laughs> it's Do we know another Argyle man? Well, it's, no. it's his Argyle clan. That's right. Ah. Uh... McGregor's, Man. actually. Yeah. McGregor's. Anyways, let's get Anyways, on with the show. Are, are, do, do we not want to talk about the same war? Are, are no. you done now? No, we're done. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. The world is flat and Games Workshop has... Oh, wait, no, that's not the... <laughs> not, not that one yet. <laughs> uh, TT Combat has released the Resistance Behemoth. And Come to the Resistance. We have behemoths now. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a monster of a behemoth. Um, I I said this, and I think it was Michelle that laughed at me, but I was dead serious. This is the second best of the behemoths they've done, looks wise. Uh, it's only beaten by the scourge. The the scourge is the only one that's better looking than this uh, is. Uh, it's better than the UCM. It's better than the scourge, or not the scourge, the Shaltari. Uh, I think the Shaltari is unfortunately at the bottom of the pile for uh, appearance wise. Um, better than Shaltari. Better than UCM. It's it's better than the PHR just, and then I'm gonna have to say that the the, the Scourge have the advantage though because they're so much more of an organic type of army versus yeah. Yeah. you know I mean you know uh, with the PHR yeah the PHR Construct. and UCM it's uh what's that movie Pacific Rim with the uh yeah the, where, the Jaeger bots or whatever I mean that's yeah. all those are so um I did see a photo of this where they had made mm -hmm. it like sitting like it was a, a good boy <laughs> nice. That's I like funny. the fact that all of these are posable uh, because it kind of 
that that's something that Drop Fleet has that Zone doesn't really. Well, not with a lot of stuff anyway. Yeah. So the fact that the behemoths all actually can be posed, because I've seen there's an article where Dave paints up one, and the way he's posed his is so much more aggressive than the one that they did for the official photos from TT Combat. Um, and well, here, I let's, actually... let's take a step back real quick. So you buy your normal attack box of Marines, right? They're all a static pose. They put them on the base and they're there, right? You can't do much with them. What happens when you buy an Imperial Knight or, you know, whatnot? You can move its legs, rotate its body. You know, the more you pay for something, you better have some posability options, make it look more unique, more your own, instead yeah. of like yeah. the fifty thousand that everyone else has. So I, I agree. I think it's good that these uh, behemoths do have that posability option and feature. Yeah, this is like it's really, really good. It's either a juggernaut or a colossus. So this is a member of the X Men, regardless of how you build it. Um. I prefer the one that has the big gun, personally, because yeah, it reminds me how of the, could you not like the gun? Well, yeah, it, that gun reminds me of the, the photos of World War II with the, the German guns on the railway cars. Yes, yeah. that is exactly what it looks like. I would be very surprised if that's not what inspired it, honestly. It just yeah. makes too much sense. Um, now, that being said, the, all those missile pods, that's... Yeah. Oh, hey, well, I, just no I just noticed it has two red bumps, like two big tactical newts sitting in its butt. Don't make me fuck these. <laughs> yeah this is um, a really gorgeous kit like, like i said like i think this is the second best looking of the behemoths like the, the scourge one's hard to beat um just just because like yeah. i said the organicness that the scourge it just makes you know, too much sense but this yeah. is just the 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 one question i have though is like so the resistance right they're kind of ragtag and like you know post-apocalyptic and barely surviving how'd they built this well if well you this storyline it actually this is part of a uh a where is it? Exploratory vehicle. Oh, I okay, I see that. So they just pretty much converted it from post-scourge invasion. And, oh, is and that why you can pose it like a good boy? Because it sits there and goes... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's like a lot of things. With the Resistance, a lot of the things that they use has been kind of scratched together and held together. And that's why you, the, the weapon kind of looks like it's been bolted on in the case of both of them, pretty much. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like it's part of... I mean, you could paint that to make it even more obvious that it's been bolted on, and I probably would if I was doing Resistance. I would probably paint it on to make it look like that is newer than the rest of the... Like, you make all the rest of the ship all rusty and grimy, and then this is all nice and new, the weaponry on top. Yeah. That's probably the way I would do it. Uh, it depends on how ragtag you want your feeling to be. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about it too is between the Juggernaut and the Colossus. The Colossus, yeah, it has those giant missiles, but it has it sound, just reading it through the the storyline, it looks like it has extra missiles in the little cargo hold area. Whereas a Juggernaut with a big huge cannon, it looks like it may be able to transport ATVs, technicals, and wagons, which is be the only behemoth that could transport vehicles around with you and then plop them out right on top of you as well. Oh, that could be that would that that actually could be makes game changing. It, I think that makes it the one that you have to take personally. Uh, because then it fulfills multiple roles in the battlefield. That that almost sounds like that could become broken too easily, too quickly. If you've got like the biggest thing on the field, that is going to be the hardest thing to take out on the field. Transporting, you know, your objective objective grabbers and other sort type things. I just saw what they some... call the missiles. <laughs> they called Gilgamesh missiles. Yeah, <laughs> Gilgamesh. That is a great name. It is. Now all he needs is a meal of Smurfs, and he'll be very happy. No, that's Gargamel. Oh, damn. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, well, okay. I was very happy. I'm not as happy anymore. Gilgamesh <laughs> is a good name, though. All right. Uh, moving on. I wanted to move along and have a bit of a chat about the Carnivale stuff. It's been a while since we've seen something new from Carnivale. Um, there is a couple of things. There is a couple of classic minis that have come back as well. But I really like these for the guild. They are... They have the good boys, and they are really good boys. Um, I really like the dogs. I think the dogs are actually the highlight of this set, personally. Not that I don't like the rest of it. It's just, how could you not like those dogs? They are sculpted really well. I was going to say, only even one of them looks like a good boy. The other two look like they're going to take your lunch money. Yeah, they're going to tear you apart. <laughs> yeah. the the, the um, There's one of them that looks like he's tripping over a rock. Yeah, that's yeah. a good boy. He's happy. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really like these. I mean, the humans are good too, obviously, but um, the, the the dogs just stand out because how could they not? Uh, the guy with the giant spear that's clearly been attacked by his own weapon several times. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, that's a little unreasonable. Um, I, I, I will say this, you know, coming from a household with a bunch of dogs, uh, mm -hmm. seeing good sculpts of dogs is not a common thing. Like, no, there's like, only a few. Thunderwolves from Games Workshop, probably the most common thing people will see as far as a sculpted canine. They're off. And Thunderwolf oh, they're Calvary? Big, they're big time off. They're even more off. Like, the, so. Yeah. I mean, that, that's forgivable because it's sci-fi and, I mean, they're not even a, yeah. like, direwolves haven't existed for hundreds of years at this point. We're kind of guessing as to what they did look like to some extent. Uh, but I, th that is also a sculpt that hasn't been redone for a very long time as well, which is part of the problem. Um, so the only one, I can't think, somebody makes a group of D&D &D dogs, and I can't think who it is right now, uh, but they're probably the other ones that come to mind for good dog sculpts. If you know of good dog sculpts, let us know. So I was just looking at the, uh, I'm going to call him the Taskmaster because he's got a whip like a Taskmaster would. Mm -hmm. I just noticed the back view of that sculpt where like you can actually see the end of the whip. Yep, you I can see it's literally about to crack. I was going to say, is that, how attached is that to the mini? Is it like, is it touching him or is that just, you know, like very close to him? It's very hard to tell. I want... Yeah. It's very I, hard to tell. I would love for it to be like just the, the scantest millimeter away from, you know, so there's protection from the mini. If it's attached, I mean, I can understand that's a that's a fidgety piece, but I that's a really cool little detail like that, I mm -hmm. think. If it was me, I would have it like sculpted so that it's attaching to that leg, but nothing else. But I don't know. I, I just don't know. It's hard to tell. Impossible yeah. to tell from those angles. Uh, possibly, where was the group shot? No, because they take the they take the photos all from the same angle, which makes it really hard to see. What's wrong? I don't I don't know. It, it could be either way. It also, if it's a separate piece, there is a chance that you can warm it up and actually manipulate Ooh. it to be and manipulate it to be any direction that you wanted. Uh, the downside of that and why I suspect that they wouldn't... Is because it breaks every time you look at it. It'll just break, yeah, because it, it'll be too thin. You, you just go like this and snap right off. Yeah. yeah. Moving along, we haven't spoken about weird for a long time. Weird. I know, right? So, Malifaux have a new expansion coming out. It's called Madness of Malifaux. This looks like a very boring page, but it's not because there's a video here that shows us lots and lots of stuff that's coming. Uh, so this is a new expansion book. Uh, we've got 
Now, I've got to remember, it's six new masters, each of which come in two different forms. So they're all completely new crews in here, as opposed to the previous one, which is an expansion that kind of gave us new versions of all of the old masters. So it's continuing the story of uh, the man the man who burns, or sorry, the burning man. So the burning man had come into Malifaux and was kind of corrupting everybody, and he was like this old-timey um, corrupted force. And it was kind of slowly trying to turn everything in his favour. So this is a continuation of the story. Malifaux is a game where the story will continue to move on all the time. It's not like 40k where time just pauses and then everything happens sideways. Um, I, I describe it like that because for people that don't know, the story of the Primaris was the first time the 40k story had moved on. Pretty much since, what, 3rd edition? As far as stepping forward is concerned? I was going to say, yeah, because I think that was one of the first, like, that's when the Dark Eldar were introduced. And at that point, what you had was Marines, Imperial Guard, Xenos, um, Tyranids, uh, and Eldar Orcs. I think that was it. Yeah. Where Malifaux has always been a continuing story. Mal um, Infinity does it the same way, but we'll talk about Infinity later. Personally, I prefer a continuing story, but I do understand why they haven't always done that with 40k. Because 40k is not so much... Oh, but new things are being discovered all the time. Yes, but they're being discovered at the same point in the story all the time. So, and I'm not going to disagree. Like, moving moving the story forward, moving the plot forward, you know, doing that. I do like that. I do like the fact that game designers are, you know, still doing that for established, you know, mini games. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that with 40k because if you continue the story too far with 40k, everybody's dead. Which is kind well, of the point of 40k. Like, the story of 40k is on the precipice of everybody being dead. Well, and then you'd wind up with 50, Warhammer 50k. And, right. Uh, um, but, but the one thing I was, I, was, I was getting to was, the one thing I don't like about continuing the story is, you have to go buy the next book. You have to go buy... And, and, well, yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, if it's a continuing story, that's a, that's a side effect of it. And I get that. So, and then that goes to the argument of how many years do we have to go buy new codexes for Warhammer? Why not advance the story, you know, five, ten years then at least? You know, not everyone's going to die in five, ten years. <laughs> yeah. No, true. <laughs> um, in the case of this, we have had some of the new masters show up. Uh, I've got Harold Tull on screen at the moment. Uh, a little bit later on, we see his second version, which is Dead Silent, and he comes with a cat. We also have Damien Ravencroft, the Aspirant. And then a little bit further on, we have Damien Ravencroft Unbound, which just looks badass. Uh, Tiri, everybody's kind of trying to figure out what Tiri is at this stage. Like, people are guessing that she's either a member of the Fae or that she's some alien race that's shown up, which would be very weird for Malifaux. Um, her second form is very different as well. Uh, it's believed that she might be one of the original inhabitants of the world. There was a race of people called the Awa or something that were like advanced civilization type thing that got almost wiped out. So that's what most people are predicting she is at this stage. We don't know. My favorite of them is the Clampets. Uh, and I doubt that that choice of name is accidental. Um, they're are running... They, I was going to say, are they oil tycoons? They might be. <laughs> I mean, instead of having a car, they have a giant fish monster, uh, but then they have a car in the next picture, so it's okay, which is like a boat, but it's a car. 
Um, I, I really like this. Like the fact, and I'm not the first person to say this, the fact that this master is a group of people rather than just one person, I really, really like that. Uh, we also have Lin Yi, which is like the initial one is kind of interesting. It's very much leaning into mythology here. Uh, her second one, like she's um, from the library and she's literally creating things from the books. This is a concept I love and I'm really hoping we get some really interesting models out of that. Uh, we've again got Castore, the Awakened, which is very clearly our Neverborn. Uh, and Castore Fervent, which is just... So this is very clearly going to be a vampire type thing. And then we get a couple of previews of some minis that are coming. We've got this Atlas-looking robot, which is very clearly going to belong with that Tilly character. Um, we've got Totally Not the Monkey King, uh, and another robotic thing that I suspect comes from the, the Awa dude. And a really cool-looking ice sculpt... So this is just previews of some of the stuff that's coming. I'm, I haven't bought an actual Malifaux book for a while. I'm really, really tempted to buy this one. Can, can I talk about how awesome the cover art is on that book? Oh, I love yeah, the cover art. Good. Their cover, cover art, is, art is quite often really good, honestly. That cover art is like, as far as a, a, a game guide reference book, I mean, that is just stunning looking. Like all these other companies, you know... I'd say, like, most akin to it as far as, like, you know, simplistic yet eye-catching was the blueprint layout for the original Drop Fleet. Yeah, yep. No, that's another one that I really not, like. You know, it's this is, like, just very, like, it's simple and, you know, it catches your eye, you know. The fact and, that and, it's not all art means that the section of it that is art stands out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep, no, I agree. I really like that. So this is coming. Uh, we Do we know when it's coming? I don't think we do. This year. October. It's October. Oh, they're releasing it for my birthday. Oh, awesome. Happy birthday. Well, not yet. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty much. When you get yeah. it, will be. <laughs> so, yeah, this is coming. Um, in response to what you were saying earlier about having to buy new books and so forth, Malifaux is a game that you don't have to get into the story if you don't want to. Okay. I mean, every game is a game where you don't have to. I mean, obviously, you're always having to buy rules and stuff, but all of the rules for the... Um, minis themselves are available through their app so they don't change they don't change them every book release they get updates and stuff but the updates go through the app so okay. it's much like infinity and bushido and like any updates that go through are updated on the app itself okay that's it's, acceptable yeah um yeah moving on we've had a couple of previews come through for games workshop uh the first of which is the clade veninum uh honestly don't think very much of this, honestly. I don't really like it at all. Um, the Assassins for 40k have always been among the coolest models. That They have been very hit and miss as to whether people yeah. like the current versions of them or not. I think this looks horrible. Yeah. Um, it and, could and be the paint job. I just I don't like the look of this model at all. I was going to say, when I first saw it, before I read it, I thought it was part of the uh, Deepkin army for Sigmar. He does look very short. Right? So, um, no, Deepkin, the, the sea the sea creature army. Oh, oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I, at first I thought, I thought he was wearing a scuba mask, but then I was just like, wait, he looks like he's wearing a gas mask now, so either so, one. Yeah, um, I'd have to read what he does, um, because it's talking about poisons and stuff like that, and it's just like, yeah. uh, like the Vindicar assassin, that's great. The yeah. Claudius assassin, that's like, 
you know, essentially Wolverine. That one's great. The one where it's like stealth into your opponent's unit. Like your opponent can see that you've put a mini in their unit. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, so, there uh, is a, there is a venom assassin in the current game, but, but I mean, this is like 40 K, not 40 K Horus heresy is older. So obviously you expect some stuff to look older, but the problem with 40 K is that the heresy is the height of their civilization. So things should look better. This kind of looks like it's steampunky. I don't know. Ooh, I mean, good. I normally like steampunky, but I really don't like this. Yeah, this this is not a good sculpt, in my opinion. Nope. Uh, we have also been shown some previews for Dawnbringer, and they're actually previewing some stuff coming up for Cities of Sigma. Now, the main reason I pointed out this is the Cities of Sigma pretty much got the laziest release in the previous edition. Like all they got was a book and it was just basically thrown together. This appears that they've actually listened and they might actually be doing some new models. Now, I don't think new models is something that you had to do uh, because, the, I mean, some of those older models are fine, but we are at least getting a release for Cities of Sigma, which is something that needs to be praised. Uh, because every release should be getting at least something of prominence. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they are. I mean, we don't know, obviously. This rifle down the bottom looks really moronic. Um, I don't quite get... Uh, it looks like it's missing pieces is the problem. So... The pistol's so look, nice. The rifle looks moronic. It's missing so, its whole firing apparatus. I, I'm looking at that, and it looks more like it's a cannon, because if you look right at the in front of the hand where there's like that part attached there's a hole in the side that looks like where you would pour the powder in and then ignite it to expel the ball so it's yeah. a really tiny cannon yes or or you With could argue saber. it an, an, an abacus or a bayonet with a bayonet attached to it I, I still really don't like it it looks really stupid yeah um i don't know look we're not seeing the full model so maybe it's something that'll come into its own i mean a tiny cannon so that you fire is a really cool idea I just don't like this. Yeah. At one time in the in the game, because by the time you possibly reload it, your enemies are upon you. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with guns in this stage, anyway. Well, and, and especially if it, you know, but if it works on the rules of dwarven cannons from Warhammer Fantasy, that'd be really cool, though. Yeah, that, that's when that they were broken. That. Huh? What'd you say, Bruce? G g dwarven cannons were always very broken. Yeah, but they work like a cannon at least. So. Well, yeah, true. I don't know. Look, I, I, I'm very happy that we are getting to see some actual releases for the Cities of Sigma. I think it's, of all of the armies, it's probably the one that needed it the most. Um, I, just that last one for me is just real. I, it doesn't hit home. Whatever it is that they're trying to do, I don't think it works. But that's not the big news for this weekend. The big news for this weekend is that I've been wrong. It wasn't November. It's September that we're getting the Votan. This really surprises me. I genuinely thought that I was going to be right on this. I mean, does it really matter when they come out? No, but it does surprise. I genuinely thought it was going to be November and this was going to be the big Christmas thing. Um, so the reason that we're looking at this on the old article and not the website is that in Australia, the Games Workshop website's gone down. It looks like it's been attacked. So... My theory is is that uh, Australian uh, Warhammer fans got mad and uh, D DOD attacked the uh, the web server for uh, Games Workshop Australia. Yep. Mm, I, I don't know. 
Um, so this picture here is the box that's being released, the preview box. So this is exactly the same that we've seen in previous years with the new elves and the sisters of battle. It is a preview box before the main release that we would expect will be either very late this year or it will be early next year. So you're getting 20 of the troops, you're getting three of the bikes. I still think the bikes is the best part of the army and by a fairly long way. Um, in Australia, they're charging $335. In the US, it's $200. Uh, I don't know what the UK price is. £120. Um, pounds. So it's... 136 US. So Australia's being raw-ended again. Not uh, as badly as some of the stuff we've looked at previously, though. Well, um, you're, they're probably trying to collect more because all the currency has to change here in the next few weeks. <laughs> that is a good point. Um, I think the deadline's <laughs> November or something. I don't know. Um, they do have a deadline as to when that has to happen. Um, I, in all honesty, this seems to have been very much... It's been a very much a Marmite product where there's certain parts of the audience that really do love this uh, and there's certain parts of the audience that really hate it. Um, I think I kind of said last episode why I feel that is, which is that they're trying to do retro and they're trying to do modern all at the same time. And it kind of, I don't know, I, I really like what they're doing, but I think they've dropped the ball on a couple of things. The um, camper van being one of them. Yeah. Um... I like the concept, but the fact that it wasn't all anti-grav which is they should have gone one direction or the other with that is how I yep. feel. No, for sure. Uh, the fact that the bikes are anti-grav and the other vehicles are wheeled, that that's a huge like discontinuity in my opinion, especially if we look at some of the uh, capabilities of the guns. Why in the... Well, no, it's, it, why would you have wheels still if you have guns like that? Um, yeah. The other thing is like... The, the normal, like, little leader guy there with his tactical rock? Get over it. Uh, the one guy where he yeah. was, like, walking on the walks, on the rocks, I get why they did that, because, you know, well, he's a psyker, you know, he's using the rocks to walk across the uneven terrain easier. I get that. Yeah. Um, I, I quite literally almost hit the uh, pre-order button, uh, and then I got distracted today, and then when I went to go hit that pre-order button, it said it was sold out. So they will be coming again. So I, I wouldn't stress over that too much. The thing I would, because yeah, I want it now. It, well, you can't <laughs> have it now. You've missed out. Um, I mean, I, I have mixed feelings about the. I, I don't think the pricing of the initial. I mean, it's pretty much what I expected it to be. Um, but the value that you see in that depends on how much you value the prices that they normally set in Australia. At least they're usually charging around the eighty dollar mark for their codexes. And this box is pretty much in line with their Crusade boxes. So it's that $180 mark. So there's already $260. Uh, and then you've got the cards and everything on top of that as well. So it, is, it does line up. You're not getting a deal here, though. It's just regular price. Yeah. Um, and it depends on how much you value being one of the first people to have this is whether you find it important or not. It is probably worth noting that the version of the Codex that comes in this is a limited edition version of it. Um, that's the only place that you'll be able to get that full art style one. Uh, it, it, it is a nice looking cover. Unfortunately, we don't have it on this page. Like I said, the main page is down at the moment, but it's a piece of artwork you've seen already. We looked at it, I think it was last episode. It might have been the episode before. So... But I think they've actually done pretty well on this, especially given what they had to work with 
the original squat models were horrible, quite frankly. Uh, I know that they had their fans, but I think most of the fans were on the side of, I kind of wish they had have done something with this rather than what they were doing was working. Uh, there's been lots and lots of fan stuff that was really, really good up until now. But I think given the very limited amount they had to work with, I think they've done pretty pretty much all right. Well, um, and, and, and I think why they're such the fanatical, because, you know, there, there are some people like me where it's just like, you know, my fantasy army is dwarves. My Sigmar army is dwarves. My 40k army is not dwarves. Yeah. So, Which means that up until now, you would have had to have gone and played Mantic's version. Yeah, so so yeah. the fact now that, you know, I think Games Workshop has finally gotten to the, um, why don't we have Space Dwarfs? We have Space Elves, we have the Chaos, we have, you know, naughty Space Elves. Why don't we have Space Dwarfs? We have, uh, you know, Gundam suits, so... I, so, I think sorry, th there was... <laughs> I think there was a problem for a long time of because that initial the, the initial attempt went so poorly that I feel that a lot of the old hats kind of felt bitter about it. Um, that it was just because like they literally killed off the story. That's how much they hated it. Well, like, they, I mean, they literally killed the entire thing because they was that unhappy with it. And the idea was, no, this is really bad. We're never doing this again. And well, they backpedaled on that looked, because yeah. of yeah. That they had, like, make no mistake, this is a backpedaling for the company. And I feel it's because the modern day company realizes that they can do something with this. And they have. Um, yeah, is this something I'm going to buy? No, I'm not buying this. But this, I suspect, will be very, very good. This is going to sell very well. Well, the pre-order is already sold out. Um, I was going to get on that pre-order, but it then sold out. So, um, To be fair, a lot of their fan base are sheep and will buy anything that they're told to. Hmm. I'm not surprised that it sold out. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, the other thing that shocked me, too, because I went to the, the ye old eBay after, after I saw it was sold out, and all the eBay sellers were selling for cheaper than Games Workshop. That's not going to last very long. Yeah, they were selling 170 a box. Interesting. So I didn't buy it because then I didn't want to risk the chance of uh, my box not showing up. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. There we go. Yeah. Look, I mean, and look, I make the comment about sheep. I'm not talking. I'm not saying all 40k fans are sheep. I'm just saying that there is a percentage of that audience that will buy anything they're told to. There's just that percentage of the audience. There's people that see my yeah. release and something they back it. You know, there's people who still think uh, who. Not gonna not say. Funny. Oh, because uh, somebody I know. <laughs> oh. Uh, there's people that you know that still think Mythic Games is a good gate company that you know produces quality stuff. Well, I wouldn't quite go. There, there's Not more to your thoughts than that. I don't think that's entirely fair, and I think you know that. Uh, it it uh, is, and it isn't. So, <laughs> yeah. Moving on, we have Bushido? the rest of the previews for Bushido. So we looked at Drunken Master last episode. I know you didn't see that socks, but nope. we did. So boo. Um. The first one appears to be like a twisted genie of sorts. It's like an undead. Like the the magical stuff around the base is very very similar to the magical stuff that's around the skeletons in that other box. The word you're looking for is kami. K A M I. True. True. Japanese demon. True. And it also says minor kami on her uh, data card. So it does. <laughs> I was trying I to be more read. generic with my yeah. I was trying to be more generic with what I was trying to explain because it gives off the um the vibe with the jar sitting next to it. 
Um, so this is, yeah, like a demon that's been drawn into the basket or into the pot that's been blessed. We also have Nagaro, which is the new ninja. He has two hook blades that he's kind of connecting together and spinning around his head. Yeah, I like that one. I really, really like all of these, honestly. I believe that's pronounced Nagato. Yes, that would make sense. And Kinzoku is a new blacksmith for the Minimoto. Uh, I love this guy. This guy's really cool. That uh, so he's it, so I've said this about Bushido though, like the the stereotype, you know, that they they capture the essence of. That is yep. such a good like you know armoring pose, like you know the kneeling position, you know, adorning the helmet. That is so. I agree. It it looks really cool. I personally, the Kami is my favorite out of all of these that we're looking at today. But I think they're knocking all three of them out of the park here. Uh, the Minimoto have something really, really nice in this new blacksmith. Um, I think this is a piece of armor that he has sculpted for somebody else, though. I don't believe that's his. Because he doesn't have any armor in his card. Yeah, it almost and looks like he's, all of he's his... kneeling down next to the samurai that he's just made that he's armor. Presenting. What he's he's present presenting it. Yeah. Because all of his powers in the cards are about empowering and blessing other people, which would make sense. That is how they tend to work. Um, Ben, I think, is going to have to buy this. I don't think there was any question that he would have anyway. But, Ben, you've got to buy this. You have no choice yeah. in the matter. Yeah, because one of his... I don't know how the card works because I haven't played the game, but one of the cards is Blessing of Steel. It's an enhancement equipment attached model against the Armor 3. Yep. And... Cards. Yeah, and that's the one of the ones that they didn't have up until this point. That's a brand new one. That comes with the model as well. Um, if included okay. in the model, you may also include fire and steel kami. I, I'm I'm gonna have to say uh, I think Nagato is my favorite mini of them, just because I always thought uh, those uh the hook swords. I always thought those were a really interesting weapon. Yeah, um, I agree. Just the the amount of damage that you could do with them is just really really nasty. Like you're just digging into the flesh, and the more you pull, the more damage you're doing. It's just nasty. Well, and then you can hook them like that and swing them around because the handguard is a, a little miniature axe, so you could be swinging an axe at, you know, twice the range then. Yep, yeah. Um, looking at his card very briefly, the hook swords is just one weapon, uh, but he gains combo attack, which is obviously the representation that he has two weapons. Um, he has an ability where he links the swords, which means that he gains reach, um, and it gives chain weapon. So th they've actually worked it in with how they work into the rules itself, which I really like. And we finally have our Bleeding Moon theme, officially. Ben and I have known this is coming for a while, but we didn't know the exact details of it. Because um, this had been previewed on the Bushido Discord a good few months ago. We were about halfway through our series when we got this preview. Uh, but because it hadn't been finalised, we couldn't really talk too much about it because... There wasn't really... We didn't know how much of it was going to be changed yet. Uh, but this guy is coming with quite a few event cards and stuff as well. Uh, we had hoped that maybe we were going to get a new box set. Because the ninjas don't have a box set of their own. They're too... The, the way that the ninjas work... Um, all of the player base use them very, very differently. So... GCT Studios have quite deliberately not released an actual starting box because it doesn't really make a lot of sense for these guys um, because it's it, it's 
every single one of their models is very much a Swiss Army knife. It's very, very, very elite, and you can use them very differently. So it looks like they're going to be staying on theme with that. But yeah, that's Bushido. Um, Bushido is really good. If you haven't played it, you should. Like, legit, it's really, really good. Um, probably my favourite melee mechanic to date. But, Black Sight Studios. This is cool. This looks oh, amazing. Oh my goodness, this is... I think this might be my favourite... This might be my favourite piece of terrain I have ever seen. I'm never going to be able to afford to buy it, but this might be my favourite... And it's modular too, which makes it even better. So I'm just on the, the, the front page. And the size of this thing, like you said, that's modular and the size of it at the same time. Yep. This thing is huge. So I'm going to say this right now. This is the perfect terrain piece for Zone Mortalis. Zone Mortalis? Zone Mortalis. You know, like the uh, 40k in a building. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is now the perfect board for that. It's a little bit too modern day, though. Meh. Yeah. It's called paint. Well, true. So <laughs> there's different versions of this kit that you can buy. You can literally just buy smaller pieces and build it up over time, which for a lot of people I feel is the way that they're going to go. Or alternatively, a lot. <laughs> alternatively, there are three bundles that are limited edition bundles that you can buy like just for now uh, as part of the pre-order. Uh, but otherwise, afterwards, it's going to be the floor plates are sold separately, the shops are sold separately, and so on and so forth. Uh, I really, really, really like this. It's so good. I'm just going to open up the big bundle because at this point, it's the one that makes the most sense. Um, all of the pieces to this are completely modular. You can put all of this together in your own way. I mean, it is going to be boxy. You can't have a round mall. But the Northwood Mall is, I think, without question, the most detailed, large terrain piece I have ever seen. But you don't need to add to this. There's nothing that seems to be missing. Everything has tables. You've got escalators. Everything just works. I'm going to say this. I think Blacksite Studios with this has, uh, to the the rest of the terrain industry, said, wait, here, hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Blacksite Studios have been impressing people for a while. Uh, We were impressed by the cabin, and that is one of their really, that is one of their older things at this point. Um, That they have put the industry on notice with this. This is incredible. I want this. I can never afford, I, I can never afford to buy this. Because keeping in mind, for me, I would also have to pay for postage on top of that. Um, That's ridiculous. This is... Just, FYI, it is ridiculous. I, I've recently discovered. <laughs> and and it's pre-painted. And it covers yep. about just about a three by two foot space on your tabletop, too. So yeah, just over two huge. feet and about three feet, just about two inches short of three feet. So, I mean, this thing, it's massive. And, yeah. the, and the fact that it's double... Two level. Two levels. Yeah, exactly. Two levels. And so... That it's amazing, Louie. Yeah. You need to start and, listening to this and make drop zone or drop squad commander now. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I think he already is, and there's a reason I have teased him about it. Um, I it, there's no question that drop squad is coming. It was always coming. It was just a matter of them working it out and <laughs> it getting high enough on the list. Um, uh, all right. I mentioned that we were going to look at some Infinity stuff. So, hey, let's have a look at some Infinity stuff. Some Corvus Belly. Yeah. So, there's been quite a few things that's been previewed for upcoming. 
Uh, I'm only looking at a couple of them today. Most of these were shown off at Gen Con, but they're actually available now, so I'm talking about them now. The Gator Multi Heavy Machine Gun Tag, I think might be the best looking tag the Nomads have ever had, and the Nomads do have some really nice looking tags. I really, really love this thing. It's amazing. Um, I really like this. <laughs> I don't need it, but I'm really tempted to buy it. We also have the Chinabog, which is the one that I think George is going to fall in love with very quickly. Yeah, I like this one already too. Mm. No, I like the other one better. You don't like the one that has claymores literally built into the armor? No. Even even has front towards enemy on the front. I, I understand that. I... Infinity has a look, and this guy doesn't have the look, in my opinion. Well, this is for the faction that's kind of the down-to-earth one. Uh, they had not had a tag up until now. This is oh, their good. only tag that they've ever had. That uh, makes sense. The Ariadna, Ariadna are like a down... Like, they, their technology is not as high as the rest of them, but the metal that everybody else uses to build their spaceships, they usually use for their regular armor. So, but they're... Very, very different. Uh, and I suspect that's why this looks very, very different as well. Um, it is pretty much on brand. It looks like this thing's huge. Uh, my favourite of the two is the Gator, like, and by a huge way. Uh, I was just, I'm, just, I'm just surprised because I honestly thought that George would get into the Battletech-looking one. Hmm. We've lost George, but that's okay. We have, we have lost him temporarily. We will move on to a project by another creator. Black Magic Craft has been around for quite a while. I think it's probably fair to say that most people are going to know who this guy is. Um, he has been working on a game of his own for quite a while at this point, and it's now on Kickstarter. So, Idols of Torment is a very, very unique-looking game. Um, basically, this is their version of the afterlife, uh, and all of this really creepy... It's very body horror, the aesthetic uh -huh. of the minis in this. Um, I really, really like what they're doing with the minis. I can see the, where the inspirations have come from. There's very clearly some stuff that's come from 80s horror yeah. in here, and the body horror is fairly obvious. George is back. George, we're looking at the next story, which is Idols of Torment. I kind of figured when you were talking about horror, and I figured that yeah. Infinity was not very uh, horror <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really like what he's doing with this. Um, as to how the game plays, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, because I oh, I've been seeing this advertised on my Facebook like five or six times. Well, it's Black Magic Craft. He is very popular, and I suspect that he's paying for the advertisement. There he goes. The big thing for me, like you can buy the minis as STLs, which doesn't surprise me. But the fact that he actually does have hard plastic minis really surprises me i would have thought that would have been outside of his price range quite frankly well and a vinyl soundtrack disc that comes with it if you pledge enough well yeah that doesn't entirely surprise me it is a bit niche but yeah at, at the same time vinyl is not i mean it's not cheap to make but it's not it's not hard plastic expensive either the hipsters love it dude well that too <laughs> um i really like what he's doing here with the aesthetic of the minis. All of the different factions feel like they belong in this world, but they're all very, very different from each other. Uh, it's a really twisted new version of the afterlife. 
Uh, it doesn't feel like it's, well, this is our version of this, or this is our version of that. It's, it, I, I can see the inspiration. I mean, very clearly there's inspiration from 80s horror here, but it, it doesn't feel like they're just, well, this is our version of Hellraiser, and this is our version of Jason Voorhees. It genuinely feels like they've done something different. So... I think it, there's one particular mini that's just pulling his chest apart. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I just saw that one. It was just a little like, oh, that is horribly awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, especially the way it's been painted. Uh, whoever painted that, you, um, you're you're gonna make nightmare fuel for people. Thank you. Uh, I could be wrong, but I would be very surprised if he didn't paint. Yeah, he painted it himself because that is part of what he does. So I would have been very surprised if he didn't. You'll see. There's a little line under there. Corruptor. Slayer yeah. and Reaper, da 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 da, da right. painted by Black Magic Craft. I see that now. Yeah, um, this is some really good looking stuff. Yeah, um, from what I understand, you don't have to use their minis. Uh, you can go mini agnostic with this, is my understanding. Uh, but the minis are obviously there for people that do want them. Personally, I think you'd be silly not to buy it with the models because how could you not want those models? Um, but if you're already somebody like us that has way more models than we will ever use, it's also an excuse to use stuff that you don't have use for yet. Um, I, I, like I said, I really like this. This is really, really good. Aesthetically, this, this looks so good on so many levels. This has been something that I know he's been working on for a long time. Uh, I, I, I think it's probably fair to, I don't know about you, I've been following Black Magic Craft for a long time. He's one of the YouTubers that genuinely does put out some he's not just popular he actually does put out some really good product um really good advice content. and stuff yeah content that's the word i want um so yeah i was really happy to see that this is finally here and archon are doing his minis that that explains how he's affording the plastic okay yeah uh still has 25 days to go this has been a a longer campaign so why does why does archon sound familiar uh they are the one that did one of the he-man ones uh, oh, they are the okay. one that did. Yep. They did dungeons and lasers as well. Yeah, which the the quality of their plastics is very high. Uh, moving on to another Kickstarter. Uh, this one is a little bit more simple, honestly. So this is by Zykit. That's how I'm choosing to pronounce it. If it's wrong, then oh well. So this is the Librarian's Enchanted Tomb. This is a 3D product, uh, and basically this is. A fake book that you can use to store stuff in. Uh, it's completely modular. You can print out the version of this that you want. So there's a version of this that holds just dice. There's a version of this that has dice, mini, and a dice uh, rolling tray. There's different outliers for the books. There's different versions of the books that you can buy. You can basically print out the version of this that you want. I really like this idea. Cool so idea. as you... Yeah, as you move down, like the, there's one for card games, so you can print out double decks. So if you want to do this for magic, which just makes so much sense, uh, then you would have one for your deck and one for your discard. Uh, you can also have an optional divider that just goes inside so that you've got dice and a deck. Uh, and then you've got an insert that makes it so that you can put minis in it, plus an optional divider. Uh, this is really well thought out. There's different pedestals and ink pots and, like, just for whatever you want, pretty much. I really, really like what they've done with this. So, so I would, I would say this is almost like the, the perfect, like, if you're going to a very high-end, like, Wizards of the Coast Magic Tournament where 
you know, you need to carry your cards, you know, pen, mm. notepad, stuff like that. This would be a very good thing for that because it's all in one thing. Um, the fact that, you know, it's a very, a very cheap Kickstarter as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, because like there's only one pledge, I think. Well, cause no, there's, you can also do a merchant thing. Cause the issue I'm running into is rapid city is where my uh, corporate office is at. And I'm, I'm looking and I don't see this company listed in rapid city anywhere. Oh, they do have like, a website. I, I have seen them around before, but I well, suspect that this company is like a mother, a mother and father operation type thing as yeah, opposed so, so, to an actual company company. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm just going to throw that out there because Kickstarter I backed said it was in Aurora, Colorado, and then all of a sudden, like, nothing's happened with it, and it turns out their address they gave was a, uh, a strip mall with, like, just addresses for rent, essentially. Well, this particular creator have created other projects before. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, that have actually I'll, been fulfilled, so. I'll, ta- I'll take it back, then. Um, apparently, his name is Jason. It's not either of us, though, unless Sox has something he wants to tell us. Uh, yep, this is my new venture. <laughs> no, it's not me. It's not me. What no, are you not. doing in South Dakota? Are you uh, at the, the the missile bases now? Yeah, yeah, I am. No, or the B or the B one base that's up there in Ellsworth. No, that's 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 where he always was. He never was in either of the other two states. Oh, that's right. The B two base is in Iowa. That's uh, not Iowa, Ohio. The B one is uh, up, uh, Ellsworth, South yeah, Dakota. I'm talking the, I'm, I'm the B two. The B two is in uh, Missouri. Is it Missouri? I thought. Oh yeah, it is Missouri. Yeah, never mind. Okay. I, Anyways, yeah. yeah. In the past, cool. he's yeah. I really like the. He's he's made three D printable uh, master um, dungeon master screens. He's done um, different uh, miniature bases and miniatures and terrain and like he's done a few things in the past. It looks like he's been around for a while. Uh, yeah, I just this- I thought it was really unique and I really like it. <laughs> This is quite literally a ooh. So okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna rewind here a little bit. I mentioned a Kickstarter that was in Aurora, Colorado that turned out to be nothing. Yeah. It was magnetic stacking boxes for holding lots of cards for games like say Nemesis because Nemesis mm. has oh, okay. a few cards. Yep. Down here we have the librarian's inbox, which holds the books. Yeah, which well, joining stackable deck trays, poker sized cards. Oh, it's not what I thought it was. I thought that was for the books. No, no, it's you stack that and it holds multiple decks of cards. That's a really cool idea then. I like that. Because instead of having six decks of cards going like this, you have six decks of cards going like this and you use less table space. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that that's that's actually a really cool idea. I really like that. So yeah, that I like I said, that's just such a cool idea. I mean, every game has knickknacks that you need to take along with it. If it's infinity, then it's three million tokens. Uh if it's No, that's Star Wars Legion. Star Wars. If it's Star Wars Legion, it's 5 million tokens. Um, those oh, two, like, <laughs> Fantasy Flight are very token heavy. Corvus Belly is also very token heavy. It, if you play orcs, just you need a life. wheelbarrow for your, all your dice. Yep. But everybody has different solutions, and most of those solutions are usually a plastic box with a divider in them. I kind of like an, an option to just have that in some special way. Yeah, I mean, can you just imagine walking into your local D&D group and you just plop down with a book and you pull out your little character and your die sets or magic tournament like you were talking about earlier? You got one for yep. each of your decks. I mean, th- this is all cool. Yeah. And all you're doing, like, you just you take that and you take it from the your inbox and you put it straight into the book and then you go on and then you can do the same thing next week. Yeah. I really like it. Our last story for the news is Patiti. So this is a Kickstarter by Aradia Miniatures, 
and they are doing, well, some fairly unique minis, honestly. I really, really like this stuff. It's all kind of like Aztec dinosaur stuff, which is not exactly a new idea, but they've gone in different directions with it. Uh, so the first one is the Quixelotl, which is the thing that everybody has to do at some point. Uh, but after that, everything else seems to get very specific and very unique. So we've got an Ankylosaurus, but it's like a man Ankylosaurus. Uh, we have, I'm not going to try and pronounce that, that but it, it's like, I want to say it's like a Jaguar warrior, but it's like almost a sci-fi Jaguar warrior. There's diff differently, uh, different couple versions of that. Uh, and then there's a, a humanoid Shitaka. I'm going to sure. My Spanish pronunciation is not where my Japanese is, but I think that's what it is. Ishitaka would make sense, I suppose, because there's an eye there. Um, my favorite has to be what is, I'm sorry, it's not a Triceratops. I know that they're trying to call it after a Triceratops, but that's not a Triceratops. I really, really like that, though. I like the humanoid nature of these. I, it kind of feels like it should belong in, a, in an 80s cartoon but it's miniatures. I, I was going to say, it's like, this is a uh, Latino uh, uh, Central America spin on Teenage mm. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, that's fair. The buffer saw down the bottom is just so cute. <laughs> yeah, well... He's just really cute. And then there's a version oh, and, that comes oh, on a plinth. What's his name from um, um, Thundercats? Snarf, he's a snarf. Oh, I can't unsee that now. <laughs> that, um, he is he is wearing a triceratops skull yes that's what a triceratops looks like um and then like we're getting into advanced versions of chameleons and oh my god look at shimmy yeah, i just saw it oh my oh i i'm starting to hate this company more and more i keep on seeing things i want i really i i am one of these kids that grew up loving dinosaurs i always was i was a fan of dino riders Hence why I did the Dinoriders thing a while ago. Dinosaurs were always cool. Jurassic Park was always cool. Even the bad movies, they're always cool. So I can't help but melt when it's dino stuff. And if somebody does something dino that's also unique as well, I just can't help but fall in love with it. I don't really know what you would use a lot of this stuff for, but it's really, really pretty. I would be arguing that most of this stuff is just going to be artwork projects and to test your skill uh because i think that's i mean it's very clearly what they're going for they you might be able to find a game that suits them but that's the not really it. what it's for look at yeah. look down uh at the 27.5 unlock uh the titanosaura uh, oh that is pretty so that's the net that's the next one that they're going for Oh, yeah. oh, they've also got a multi-part kit coming up as well to convert that um, the not a Triceratops mini. Yeah, I think so, they've done really, really well with this. Uh, it's really, really pretty. So ba back to what you said of what these are going to be used for. I think you're pretty, pretty right on like testing your skill because all the yeah. painted versions I see further on down is showing them on like you know competition display you know plinths not like uh, a game base so yeah. you're probably right about that this um, is also a 75 mil scale mini as well so you're not i mean there's very few games that would actually allow what? for minis that large 
Well, if you look, it looks like uh, in one of the photos there, they've got a little uh, space marine type dude staying next to the. Yeah, next to. I must have missed that. It's down towards right. the bottom. Oh, maybe I right went. Where you get all, of, all the painted stuff. Yeah, you but got yeah. Measure, measurements and turn, turnarounds. And like the second photo down is a big guy oh, yeah. measuring. About oh, that's not inches. too bad. That's not yeah, too so, bad, actually. So if you're playing a Lizardman army for a uh, uh, Sigmar, you could probably find a way to use one or two of these in a, in a game of Sigmar as, you know, a stand-in. I mean, obviously yeah. not in a Games Workshop Sandkin tournament because they don't allow that. No, but um, I could see that working quite well, actually. I like the one below where the guy's just looking down at the mini like he's going to crush it. It's like, ooh, you think you're going to fight me? That's really cute. Tiny Space Marine. Yeah. <laughs> he just looks like he wants to go bonk. <laughs> I really, I really, really like this. Um, I really, really like this. That's it for the news, though. We are going to move on. I'm just going to well, add on. Not. I just need to add on that. Okay, great. You've got the miniatures designed. Make a game for them now. Give us a reason to buy them other than just to have them. I would, there, are, I would, there are companies out there that just create minis for the sake of art. Uh, yeah, and I but, think that's what these guys are aiming for. But this is screaming for a game. If, yeah. if there was a game associated with this, I'd be like, can I pledge this? Yeah. So uh, Aradia Miniatures are another company that's created other things before. Um, I might just mention it because I, I always do check this stuff, but um, I try not to show stuff that I'm not sure of. So we're moving on? Yep, moving on. Indie, definition, independent, type, slang word, jargon. So, we are looking at Imperial Terrain today, and Major Socks is the one that suggested this one. Yeah, so we looked uh, at it I'm one. sure that has nothing to do with the definitely not Star Wars stuff that's on this oh, website, right? nothing like that at all. So, we, yeah, we looked at another company called Imperial uh, Tabletop Terrain. Um, this one is Imperial Terrain, and yeah, it's, uh, it has to do with a bunch of uh, STLs, 3D prints that you can do for Star Wars Legion. Um, you can buy the STLs, or you can do. Uh, they have another little link that says "Shop at Panhandle 3D," who has has the license through this company to buy them directly from them, uh, already printed. And so there's all sorts of terrain. Um, you got desert themes. You got military. I was gonna go to the uh, the landing bay theme. Yep. Because I have one that's kind of similar to this already. Oh, uh, Doesn't want to show me anything. No. Even though, even though I know you have stuff. Because right on the front page is a landing pad set, which should be inside that landing bay theme. So I already have it's some modular. you. I know it is. So I already have a modular. The landing card. pad set is inside the military theme. Yeah, that works too. Um, so the, the landing pad, I already have some walls that kind of create that space. I'm just wanting mm -hmm. to get this pad now so I can stick that in the middle as a center terrain piece for my landing pad. Um, but then you can have urban terrain, urban theme, pretty cool looking too. Yeah, um, that's where I started was on that when we opened yeah, it. Yeah, just have a whole bunch of different urban themes for a little cityscape. Um, the one I really like, the forest theme with yep. the giant trees and the fact that they've kind of just like, it just cuts it off in a way that kind of suggests that they are a lot taller than what they look. So I've played with these. I've, yeah, I've played with these already, and I agree. They they are very fun. The tree set A's have some really tall trees, uh, and then uh, I've played with the fallen tree set, and so they're pretty good ground cover, uh, some barricade-type things for some cover for your minis and stuff like that. And so I like I like the fallen tree and the tree and stump because it kind of gives you a area terrain effect, too, that you can yep. use um, as well. 
So, so I, I like that too with the whole, you know, like when we had that talk with Mel of, you know, you got your trees, right? They're not that small. They're huge. They're giant. But you yeah. can't make that trees that big for your terrain. And I think I think that's a really cool uh, workaround of, you know, here's like the tree trunk and we're just going to cut it off here. But, you know, this could be like, you know, another five, six feet taller kind of tree. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I really like that. Especially because oh, yeah. the thing I like about these is that, like, these trees could be anywhere. Like, just because it's part of a Star Wars thing. Like, you could have this right in the middle of 40K. It could be right in the middle of Moonstone. It can be, like, it could be any. The only thing it probably wouldn't fit would be Bushido. Uh, but even then, I think you could probably stretch because it's a fantasy version of Japan. But, like, these, like, they fit really well in pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done really well here. I mean, they've got vehicles and stuff that you can print off as well, which is nice. Yep. Um, is this all printable or? It is all printable. All 3D printable. You can okay. buy, you can pay somebody to print this out for you. That's okay. the thing that he was yeah, talking so about earlier. Someone like me that doesn't have a 3D printer and probably won't get one until I officially retire and settle down somewhere where I'm not moving every two to three years and have to reset up a printer. I would. So af- after they stop being a thing that you can buy that. Yeah. So no, they've they've done really what, well. What here. Another another seven years now for you then. Nine. It's oh, close. Pretty close. Yep. So yep. I've uh I've like I said I played uh with on those trees. I really like those trees. I'm gonna order a set or two uh for a table. Probably a, a set of everything that you see there actually. Um, because that would give me enough tree terrain um to play on. Yeah. And that, no, that, they've done it. really really well here. So and then a little shuttle really, craft. Really well. A little shuttle craft for like my cargo landing bay, so I can stick it on the landing bay itself. Okay, so I just found something it's kind of uh, pit. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say the, the the worm pit by Jesus. Uh huh. I literally found it at the same time. Oh, I love that so much. Where's that one again? I can't remember. Uh, I just found it randomly. <laughs> like I was just going through, like looking at all the stuff, just like do do do. Oh, oh, hey, that's. Yeah, that's... I don't know where that is. Are there rules for the Tharlac in your uh, Star Wars Legion there? There isn't. Um, They just came out with a... You could easily make them. You could. They actually just came out with a... uh, So I just played an event. I'll talk about it. Well, I'll talk about it in Game Talk. Um, They just came out with an event where you had a little creature uh, running around on the game board. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, So I would have it as a... Tharlac, but you could probably create rules of some sort. I would probably have it as like a dangerous terrain piece. Uh, where if you, like, you've got to roll to go over it, and if you roll poorly, then you get eaten. Um, the thing is, is that if you do something like that, players are just going to not go there, and you yeah. kind of have to write it in a way where it's like, well, you're not allowed to pretend that it's not there. You, your characters don't know, so. You'll, you'll need to have put a high-value, like, essentially game-winning objective. Yeah, right. that, that works. Yeah, that yeah. works. So. Yeah, I I, th- I think this is really good. Yeah, I'm really good. Find their socks. I, I I'm looking at some of the stuff. And I'm like, how is George Lucas not shutting this down yet? Oh, that's right, he sold it. <laughs> George Lucas is not that. I mean, yes, he is. George, well, but at the same time, Disney are much worse for that. Yeah, well, and that's. But also, ugh, they're a bigger company, so they have more people to go around and do stuff like that. But no, George Lucas was because uh, part of his deal when he did Star Wars was he got paid less, but he was yeah. guaranteed so much of the uh, merchandising. The merchandise, yeah. And so he was very litigious because if it wasn't actual merchandise that he got actual money for, he didn't want it on the market. Yeah. 
Which is amusing because, well, there's always been a lot of Star Wars ripoff stuff. So, which is why Asmodee came out a few about a month ago or so, month and a half, saying all 3D printed stuff characters that they had sets for could not be used anymore. Yeah, they're shutting all those sites down. Yeah. Uh, and so. as much as I understand why people got upset about that, I'm sorry, those people are wrong. Asmodee were 100% in the right to do that. Like, it is their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as fan-made stuff is a thing that exists, um, like, they are under... Is- well, they're, they're not under any obligation to allow you to use that stuff in their game. Yeah. yeah. And... To be fair, you were never allowed to use that stuff in their game. Everybody already knew this. All they did was remind you. Um, And everybody else had rules for this officially a long time ago. Um, Again, like, I have 3D printers. I get it, but, yeah. Uh, Moving on. Press the button for hobby time. I'm pressing the button. Trimmed, Socks, what have you been up to? You kind of already started on it, so let's start with you. So, I haven't worked on much hobby as as much as I wanted to, probably because me driving back and forth between here and the other side of Florida multiple times to try and see a rocket launch has kind of kept me being busy on that. But I got a game in a couple weeks ago, uh, last Saturday actually, uh, where it was a little event um, that they put out, AMG put out for Star Wars Legion, where you had little gas vents and you had to control these gas vents. And if you had units nearby you get a victory point well whoever had the most victory points lost priority to move okay if you remember the the trash compactor scene of episode four where the little creature comes up out of the water well, the first the, one the first one yeah the diagnaga so <laughs> yeah you, they actually have one of those as a token on the game board and so as you're moving your minis around he can attack your, all your minis around you and so it was a lot of fun to, to play this little scenario event that they had um i ended up winning the game but i mean just bought in victory points but it was a lot of fun to to uh, move this little creature around and attack my my opponent and and i was able to move it at different times and attack four of his units all at once and then i eventually lost the victory the priority because i had more victory points than him and so i eventually moved them all towards my stormtroopers and was attacking my stormtroopers all at once and so it's a fun little game uh i think there'll be more story event type uh sets coming out uh in the years um we know there's a lot of new stuff coming out based on the mandalorian and uh boba fett's uh series so and with andor previewing uh next week mm-hmm. this wednesday uh, I think we'll see some more stuff coming out on that time frame as well. So, George, what have you been fun, up to? Fun, fun story. I actually just finally watched the last episode of Kenobi today. Oh wow! Did I you start that, that late? I thought you were watching that when we were watching it originally. I was, and then I just like the last fifteen minutes is episode five. I never finished watching it, and then never watched episode uh, six. Oh, okay. And so I was sitting there, and I'm going through because. I'm not being very physically active right now due to pain, so... uh, (laughs) um, I got... I ordered a tabletop uh, stronghold, and I did filming for it, but I'm not ready to release it because I am waiting on a couple things because I did have some issues with parts. Um, But uh, Samuel, uh, super responsive. Stupid chart. Carpet chair. Super responsive. Um... I sent photos, obviously, so you know he knew I wasn't gaslighting him. So this is the small one, right? Yeah. Which I mean, it's a lot bigger than you would think. When you think it's small. So, um, I'm pretty happy with it, and I and I was right, Bruce. The the MDF on that that's that's a really thick MDF. 
Okay. So it's not the it's, double layer like I thought it was. Yeah, no, it, it's it's one solid piece. Um, it seems pretty sturdy. There's a couple things that I will probably go back through and fix uh, for my own personal, you know, like, it should be like this. Like, you know, doing washers instead of just the, the flatheads on the MDF and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that makes but, sense. But as far as, like, what this, it's not just a simple box. It is, it is pretty cool. Uh, the door catches a little, but it works well enough. But the fact that I can, you know, I've got that much, you know, variability for... Um, Different armies. Well, I was going to say uh, model heights. Yeah. And, and when I was putting together, I was looking, like, what is this for? I don't get this, right? You put your tray in, and it slides in. And there's ah. a hole in the that it goes into. And locks in And now that can't come out. That's brilliant. And now the trays can't come out without you pulling that out. That's awesome. So so the door just being, you know, Velcro Velcro straps for, you know, cable management, I'm more okay with after figuring that out. So yeah. um, I don't know about the big giant one, but the definitely this size and the mid-size one, I think are they're worth a look if you're looking for um let me get this back over here. I think they're definitely uh worth a look for uh army storage and transportation. Now, the other cool thing, and this is why I might be like sold on these if you take two of those uh, trays side by side i think that takes up one shelf in the uh, ikea display case oh oh nice so you could quite literally have two of those boxes and 50 trays or whatever and just have the trays in the display cases like oh i need this and this and this and stick them in the boxes and go that's really good yeah that's nice um oh uh i did get these in i'm gonna show you the one i'm super excited for (laughs) doopy do board game who made that Warner Brothers, Seamoth, oh, of course. Exactly. <laughs> it is pre-painted miniatures. Uh, uh, so it's open when you do the unboxing for that for us, George. Tell obviously you'll need to show off and let us know how you feel about the pre-painted because they generally go in one of two directions, regardless of who the company is. Yeah. Yep. It's very rarely so, a middle ground. So, so there, there's another part of it. It's a Looney Tunes game, but I'm more excited for the Scooby Doo because. It's a mystery game. You all play together. Uh, so it'll be a mystery, okay. yeah, right? I remember Does this thing so- on Kickstarter now. Yeah, so that that just showed up. Uh, really excited for it. Part of the reason why I'm excited for it to be like pre-painted is this is more of a family board game. This is the kind of yes. board game that I would pull out with my 15-year-old, my 44-year-old self, and my 70-year-old mom to sit yeah. down and play a game together. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have my mom play Cthulhu Death May Die or Nemesis or any of the other variety things. Um but Scooby Doo, I'll have her play that. So yeah, it, it makes sense. So it I like I said, I, I was attracted by it because it's more of a family game and you know, is a, a different spin on like everything else I've been doing. So I figured I'd I'd add to the collection to be more acceptable to other people who may not be crazy like me. Or you. <laughs> or you. I'm not crazy. The voices in my head told me I wasn't. I'm not crazy. My mom had me tested. <laughs> so it's just socks. Just socks. That's the crazy one. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Uh, George, I feel like you're missing the most obvious thing that you should have been talking about. You're sitting inside a room that you completely redone and oh. are complaining about the pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, so, so as you can see, look how much more space I have. That is a wall. Before Plus, you it actually looks nice. 
Well, that wall, yeah, yeah, that that wall has always looked nice. Over this way is more open space, which means I have room for uh, what Socks has behind him. I have room for a table. Nice. It's about time. Well, I that is why George was recording in the middle of his lounge room last episode. Yes, (laughs) I I technically have a room on this side of the wall that I'm like, you see my arm shaking, big enough for like a table and stuff in the over there. But Casey decided she wanted the dogs to have that room, so the dogs have their own room to sleep in and stuff. So. Better than dog beds being everywhere, I suppose. No, no, there's still dog beds everywhere. Oh, okay. Then why do they get a room? Uh, we, we legitimately have, like, boarding-style kennels in that room. Fair enough. You also have, like, 300 dogs. Yeah. Six. That's what I said, 300. <laughs> well, we have more than 300 pounds of dogs, yes. <laughs> All right. So, I've had an interesting couple of weeks. To start on the actual hobby front, because I will discuss hobby first... I got some paint. Oh, hang on. I better turn off my blurry thing. Because otherwise, I will not be able to show this off. So, I actually got some paint on the roads. These are the Knights of Dice roads that I was showing off last time. Uh, Literally, this is all spray can. Um, Like, it's all spray can. Like, there's no anything else there. Uh, That's the full one. Like this is it's a really nice kit, honestly. Yeah, this is kit, right? Yeah, it's MDF. Yeah, I I just love how MDF can look so good with a couple uh, coats of paint on it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. really good. Like, obviously, I need to dirty it up and stuff a little bit. I haven't done that yet, uh, but I really like it. I've also been building more secret project stuff. So this is an Infinity miniature that I have modified. He originally was holding a present because this is it's a limited edition Infinity mini- miniature of. Fat one one being Santa Claus, and I I literally cut the gift out of his hand, and then shaved the hand down, and then I've given him a big mallet or or a big giant lead pipe, made out of a pipe out of a paper clip, because I wanted him to actually hold something that was more reminiscent. My plan is to eventually cut off all of these gifts on the back as well. Um, this is kind of. This is a project that I've only spoken a little bit of, and I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, this particular miniature is one that I was like asking the Infinity community like how convertible <laughs> it is because I, I didn't want it to be Santa Claus. Um, and I, I everybody was, was like, well, you're not really going to be able to do much. It's all kind of one piece, and it is. Uh, so I need to take to this with what I would normally call a bone saw. I can't think of like, like what the, the hobby saws are. And then slowly cut it down. A, a jeweler saw. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to have to just cut it down. I'm, I'm not going to... I'm going to have to end up using green stuff on this. I'm not going to have much of a choice. But I'm going to try and avoid that as much as I possibly can. Does the Infinity community know that you were destroying a limited edition mini? It's something that's <laughs> been in stock for that long that if they don't own it, it's their own fault. Okay, just check it, because I, I, I know if someone finds out that you destroyed a limited edition mini, they're going to be like, what is wrong with you? You need to this, burn it. This is something I got at 50% off, because it's been in stock for that long that they're trying to get rid of it. If you would like to buy this limited edition miniature, the Combat Company have a few of them. It's an old limited edition that you haven't been able to buy, in theory, for... This was new, like, four or five years ago. I brought this, like, three weeks ago. So it's very much old stock. 
I, I do not feel guilty at all. The only yeah. reason I bought this is because I bought it cheap. I'm just checking. I'm just yep. checking. I mean, the the kernel, whatever, that very limited edition for Games Workshop. Mm-hmm. If you said, oh, yeah, I'm going to mod it like this and this, and you would probably get death, threat, death threats from people. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I paid more for that than I was comfortable with, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then finally, the other thing that I've been doing this weekend is an episode. I was on, on Tabletop's XLBS show. So for those of you that are not aware on Tabletop is also known as Beasts of War. They have a weekender show that they do every weekend, which is kind of a similar vein to what we do. It's one of the companies that inspired us. Uh, they are the company that allowed me to do an unboxing for a Dystopian Wars a few months ago. Um, I am a special guest on their behind-the-scenes episode this weekend. So we talked a little bit about hobby. Uh, we talked about the channel. Um, and the big thing is, is I actually had a conversation about the secret project. So if you're curious about what the secret project is, I have given some hints. Um, our Patreon do know about it, uh, because there is an, an exclusive discord channel that they can talk in, uh, where I share everything when I do it. Uh, but I actually talk about in theory, what the rules are. I don't go through everything, but I show off some of the, the stuff that I've been doing, the ideas behind how I'm sculpting the game. Uh, I was having a conversation with with Warren last week about how trying to rate my own game has given me more respect for game creators because I mean, I've never been one of these people that's like, I don't understand how writing a game can be that difficult because obviously it is. Uh, and anybody that actually spends five seconds thinking about it will understand how hard that is. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's very easy to just tell too. When you sit down, is it a good game? Is it fun? Is it easy to play? That's because good game designer. Is it terrible? Is it, you know, like hard to understand? Does it take too long? Blah, blah, blah? Bad game designer. You know, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's, a, it, like, it's even more simple than that. Like realistically, every time you introduce something new into the game, let's just take 40K for an example. They've just read that. They've just reintroduced the Voltan. Right. There is the chance that when they did that, the compl- the entire game falls over because it just doesn't work anymore. Now, it, it's quite fair to say that there are people that have problems with the fact that they have power creep all the time. I am one of those people, but I have also understood that that was always a business decision that they did to make money, not something they did by mistake. Um, as opposed to, I'm going to design a new weapon and this weapon is going to cause the entire game to fall apart. Uh, it's very easy for those things to happen when you're designing a game. Um, and, I mean, as much as we all have our moments where we're like, grr, um, writing, trying to write my own has really opened my eyes a bit about just how hard that is. It is really hard. So that's what we talk about. Um, so if you want to know more about The Secret Project, that will be a good place to go. On tabletop.com, it's a backstage show. They do have a free trial. I'm not here to peddle their stuff. Um, but that is what you would need to do if you want to watch it. I've been a supporting member for like eight years at this point. So, move on. Talk nerdy to me. Talk We're nerdy running. to me, Bruce. We're kind of running a little late on this, but we were going to look at the UCM. Exotics. Exotics. 
And there's only two, so I think we can squeeze those in real quick. Yeah. Now, there is one of these that we've actually spoken about once before, but because we're now covering these as section by section, I think it's mm. pretty fair to say that we can actually do this. So, Socks, do you want to cover the hazard suits? Yep. So the hazard suits, you can get a squad size of two, 35 points apiece. Uh, move a one inch because they're an infantry unit. Uh, they have no countermeasures. Uh, they have nine armor, three damage points, infantry of two plus as their type, and resilient as their special rule. They have compact uh, railguns, so zero move and fire, front side, rear arc, uh, range full, range countered is 24, three shots, one plus accuracy, energy six, with a focus two and reduced one special rule for that weapon, and then they have powered armor as their close quarters, uh, combat ability with three shots, energy five, reduced one, and the hazard suit allows you to reroll collateral damage uh, hits against the unit, so if they're in the building, the ceiling tiles start falling down on them, they can reroll those hits. So the the range full on the compact railgun is infinity. Infinite. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If I if I missed it. Yeah. Thanks. I I, I I didn't hear you actually say a range. I just heard range full and then range counter twenty four. Yep. I made. Yeah. That is what he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there is also the flak AA team, uh, which I quite like the way they look. Honestly, uh, they can move two inches. They do have active countermeasures. Their armor is seven. They've got damage of six. The infantry type is four, is infantry four plus. They are also resilient, and they have flak cannons. There's no move and fire. The arc is 360 degrees. Uh, range full is 30 inches. Close is sorry, sorry, counted is 18 inches. They've got three shots. Accuracy of three plus. Energy six. Uh, they are anti air, sorry, anti air two and reduced one. And loader. This unit reduces its shot value by one for every two damage points lost instead of every one damage point. Uh, you can only have a squad size of two with these as well. So because it, as they take damage, you're losing people, and it means that like they don't have somebody spare to load them. Well, so and, and it and actually kind of makes sense. Yeah, flat cannon is a much more substantial gun than like what people run around with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh -oh. that's the exotics. I, I I don't not like either of them. Um, they both fill very different roles on the table. So it's not really this is not really the sort of thing where you're going to be like, well, I would be picking this over that because of that. They're both completely different units. Yeah, One was, of them is to stop anti-air. I mean, if you're not facing someone that has a lot of air, which would be unusual, then maybe you don't have a place for them. Um, whereas the hazard suits will fit pretty much anything, but they're two completely different things. You can't really compare them with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I was going to say, like, the hazard suits, they strike me as more of, like, a resilient type of, you know, objective-grabbing uh, unit versus, you know, the flak team looks like, you know, more of a, you know, supporting the actual army kind of team. Like, you know, that's yeah. apples and oranges. You can't, you can't compare them. Um, I like the fact that they are the same price, so it's like they've gone through and made it intentionally of, I've got 35 points. Which one I take? You know, it's not like, oh, well, I can't take this one because it's 35 and I've only got room for 30 and this one's 30. You yeah. Know? And they both take exactly the same <laughs> slots inside the transports too. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. They're, uh, um, Dave has done a really good job here of like, just pick which one you need and just go with it. Yeah. So. Upcoming events. Tournaments, demos, conventions, you know, that kind of stuff. All right. To start with. Uh, the Amundsba Gambit campaign is continuing. This is the Slow Grow League that's being done in Dropfleet Commander at the moment. 
Uh, it's being run by one of the admin team. Um, so this is a community event. Uh, you can run games as part of this, but basically the idea is, is that you're building a Gami and you're going alongside. Uh, the rounds are as follows. The first round has already started and continues until Thursday the 21st of September, which is 500 point games. You're not allowed to have admirals in that. The second round will then start on the 6th of October and go through until Thursday the 27th. That's 999 point games. You are allowed to have admirals in that. And the final round is November, which is the 3rd of November till the 24th. Um, and that is 1,500 point games. Again, you're allowed to, have, allowed to have admirals with that. So it's a slow grow league. The idea is that you're supposed to be getting your games in. Uh, there is a campaign pack. Uh, the game, there's sections on the website where you can log all of your results. Uh, you can look at the leaderboard, which I might actually try to have a look at. Uh, are there rules to permit or prohibit things like battle cruisers or not battle cruisers, battleships and dreadnoughts? Um, only in the standard rules, so you can't take okay. certain things in game size, certain game sizes anyway. Okay, well, when uh, when it first came out and we were having our you know grow league at, at my local store, uh, there was two battleships that didn't show up. Yep. And the call was made, no one else could use battleships since these other players don't have access to yet. Yep. So no, that's what fair. The, once the store was, so I mean, I was, you know, just th those tend to be more of the, the higher end, you know, price ships. So just make, you know. Yeah. So looking at the players list at this stage, we have three PHR players. We have two Shaltari players. That really surprises me. Uh, one, two, so there's four UCM. Yep, four UCM. Uh, and Scourge, there's two Scourge. There's one, res two, three resistance. So it's, it's a fairly even spread, honestly. I, I was going to say, there's at least two of each, and was it PHR, UCM, and resistance have three? Yeah, and Shaltari only have two. So there's at least, there's and, less and Shaltari players than everybody else. Uh, PHR are number one and two at this stage. Shaltari are number three. Uh, Michelle is currently placed in fourth with his UCM. Uh, that's it at this stage. I don't know anybody else specifically, so... Yeah, um, the other... The faction leaders, I suspect, have to be UC, have to be PHR because they're taking first and second place. Yeah, they are. Uh, so PHR is 45% of the game at this stage. They're holding first place, followed by the Resistance, UCM, Shaltari, and the heroes of the game are currently coming last. Get, you need to do better, Scourge players. You are, no, they are, you are the, the only... They, you're the only thing protecting the world from this UCM propaganda. You need to glorious, fight harder. The glorious cyborgs are the heroes of the campaign. No, you pronounced Scourge wrong. <laughs> only the heroes would call themselves something like Scourge. Only the villains would turn around and call the heroes of the game Scourge. Come on. And then there's the space hedgehogs that are like, what are we doing here? I was just going to say, yeah, the Shaltari are just in there like, figuring out like who they need to annihilate first. Pretty much. Uh, it's still very early in the campaign, so there's still a lot to go at this stage. Yeah, I was going to um, say, in my, in my Grill League, I was dead last the first three rounds, 
And then once I really figured out and, like, was able to have enough ships to, like, use the Shaltari, I started just wiping people off the table. So, you know, and if these people, you know, if some of these guys are truly doing a grill league of, you know, and, and starting new fleets, they could be learning this, you know, the fleet for the first time. So, yeah, very much so. Um, now, there is also a terrain building competition going on in the Drop Zone Commander Facebook group at the moment. Uh, this is being run by the admin of the group, and it's being supported by TT Combat and Blots. Um, so the idea is, is that you're designing a piece of terrain and some rules to go with that. Um, I'm trying to find the deadline because somebody was a very smart person and did not give me that information because they were being distracted by taunting George instead. Um, you've got a deadline of the 1st of December. So you need to create a fully painted piece of terrain and you need to make rules for that said piece of terrain. So you could scratch build it. You could buy a kit and then build it and then paint it. It's completely up to you. Uh, he gives an example here of an aircraft hangar. It's a single piece. It's an airfield or it's multiple pieces. Uh, and then, obviously, you would put rules to whatever that works works like in-game. So you need to submit your final entry by the 31st of December. Uh, you need to enter the competition before the 1st of December. So you need to be entered by the 1st of December, and everything needs to be completed by the end of the year. Um, so yeah, secret prizes coming from TT Combat. Uh, uncertain scenery have vouchers and so forth. Uh, green stuff world blots there's quite a few people that's actually supporting this it would be worth entering that if you are a fan of drop zone pax australia is coming up i will be there all three days the three-day passes are sold out we have been warning you for a month that saturday was going to do the same thing and it now is friday and sunday passes are now beginning to sell out very quickly as well so if you want to go to pax australia you need to buy your passes now it's very unlikely that you're going to get them on the day. Uh, generally speaking, there tends to be some left for the Friday. Sunday and Saturday is usually gone by the time the event starts. So my advice would be to buy now. Um, I will be there. Uh, I will be filming as part of my thing there. Not all the time. So by all means, if you happen to notice me, come up and say hello. Uh, if I appear to be filming something, uh, then maybe just give me a couple of seconds. Uh, obviously, if I'm doing an interview, you might need to wait longer than that. But by all means, come up and say hello. I'm He'll probably be wearing a getting table shirt. I will be wearing a getting table shirt, yes. Um, all three days I'll be wearing getting table shirts. So, yeah, look, by all means, you, come up, say hello. I'm not really expecting that will happen, but by all means. Three different shirts, or are you just going to wear the same shirt all, all weekend oh. and... Because, I've got four. I've got four of okay. the shirts, so I'll wear a different shirt every day. Okay, I was just making sure you're not going to wear the same shirt and just continue to, you know, ripen. <laughs> uh, October seventh <laughs> till ninth, just for the just for the record. Uh, and then finally, Pax Unplugged is coming up as well. That's December second till fourth, which is for our American viewers. Uh, Socks, do you want to read through the connections? Yes, I can. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gettingtabled, Facebook at facebook.com slash gettingtabled, where we're one of the most active areas of our social media. You can find us at youtube.com slash gettingtabled. Please subscribe to us. Uh, we want to try and grow that subscription, and we'll get more content out to you as we can. 
You can email us at gettingtabled at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is at gettingtabled. And our website is gettingtabled at .weebly.com. And then twitch.tv slash Jason the Bruce for his live streaming channel uh, that he does Mondays and Thursdays, his time at 7 p.m. So Thank you very much. Did you ask him to do that because he proved he can read and I can't? Yes. No, because he hasn't done it for a while. Oh. <laughs> no, it's because I can read. George, Anyways. do the thing. I'm gonna do the thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. George can't read because he's a marine and he hates crayons. That was rude. <laughs> <laughs>